Welcome to Entrepreneurship Happens, where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly in your entrepreneurial journey. Today, we'll be talking to Batul Sadiq, an entrepreneur that created an image consulting business based on changing their perceptions in order to increase profit. So without further ado, let's get into it. IRS notices can be intimidating, but waiting to act could cost you your valuable taxpayer rights. Don't try to handle the IRS alone. These agents are trained to track you into agreements designed to collect as much money as possible. Don't pay thousands of dollars to a marketing company claiming to be a tax resolution firm. Get behind the shield. The enrolled agents at Elite A Tax and Financial Services are experts at tax resolution, protecting taxpayers' rights, and are federally licensed to represent taxpayers before the IRS. Elite A Tax and Financial Services has the knowledge, skill, and experience to assist you with audit representation, liens, levies, offers and compromise, innocent spouse relief, wage garnishment, back taxes, and more. Don't lose sleep, time, or your rights as a taxpayer. Make your appointment today at EliteAidFinancial.com to schedule a consultation and get the IRS off your back. Get behind the shield. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Do our listeners a favor and tell them who you are and what do you do? Hi, so hello, everybody. My name is Batul Sadiq. Uh, I am the owner and personal stylist of BHS Image Consulting. Um, I started off on this entrepreneurial path a few years ago, and it has been one of the most rewarding uh, thus far um, that I've done in my professional career and super excited to share that with you guys today. Awesome, awesome. Like that, like that. So Batul, why did you become an entrepreneur? That is a a wonderful question, a question that I'm not asked very often. (laughs) Um, So my journey started out, um, you know, as a young person, I was wide eyed. I'm a Jersey girl at heart. And so when you're a Jersey girl, you almost always end up in New York because that's kind of um, where we all want to be. And so I went to fashion school out there. And starting out, I don't think I understood the so many facets of the fashion industry. And Ultimately, along the way, with different experiences, I found that personal styling was best suited for me. But in being an entrepreneur, I was able to serve my clients in a way that I knew would resonate with them. Um, And so it was a more direct experience for me to be able to work with them in that capacity. And um, you can call it excitement, you can call it adventure, you can call it being crazy. (laughs) But I thought being, you know, an entrepreneur and going out on my own was a way to really be able to fulfill that purpose. Awesome. So how did you make that leap? Were you working a full-time job and then transition? Like, what made you do that leap in that transition? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I lived out uh, in the Bay Area for many years. And when I was there, I went to school um, for fashion, and I happened to come across the styling position. I didn't know what it was at the time. I didn't know exactly the how important it was to the individuals that I worked with. But I found that I really enjoyed it. And I was able to get that one on one connection, like I just mentioned. So life actually brought me to the DMV area here in Washington, D.C., you know, Maryland. And for me, I start I was new. I didn't know anyone. I said, you know what, why don't I try something a little different? 
and I worked in the floral and event design industry. Um, you oh, know, there's okay. a lot of design involved. I felt like it was very similar to the artistic background that I had. But a few years later, I found, you know, fashion really was my passion and that direct contact with um, people. And so unbeknownst to me, in February of 2020, I decided that I would venture out on my own. So I transitioned out of my full-time position. I said, I'm going to do something really crazy, but that's been kind of inside of me for all these years. And I'm going to follow this path. Long story short, we know how that goes. <laughs> the pandemic, the shutdown, you know, I, I'm a mother of three children and it threw everybody for a loop. But I have to say that was the best time for me to start my business because it was a time when everybody had no choice but to reflect on where they were, what their needs were, what was going on, the relationships with the people around them. And so it was almost a great opportunity because people were ready to make a shift, a shift that was resonating with them. Um, right. And one way was through their wardrobe. And so um, as challenging of a time it was, of course, for everyone, it actually ended up being a great opportunity for me. Awesome, awesome. So what do you love most about, your, about being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so the best part of being an entrepreneur is that every day is different. Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely no monotony in the line of work that we do. Um, and certainly something I've learned over the years is that it's never a linear path. You know, we start off, you know, in one point thinking that the end goal is, you know, over there. But oftentimes we are pushed in different directions. We are tested in ways that we did not know we would be tested. And so as challenging as those times can be, it's definitely an opportunity for growth, um, you know, whether we expect it or not. And so I think being an entrepreneur has really pushed me to grow in ways that I didn't know I could. And that has been a rewarding experience for me. And so what I love the most is that I get to work with clients coming from all different backgrounds. Um, everybody has a unique story. Um, the fashion, of course, is always fun. It's something that I really love. And to be able to assist the women that I work with um, in really embodying their authentic personal style, that's probably the most rewarding for me to get that feedback from them. I love that. So what do you find most challenging about being an entrepreneur? So I think what's most challenging um, for me personally about being an entrepreneur, and this is coming from someone who is all about structure. Um, I, I've always loved to have a certain method in place. There's no cushion of a larger corporation when you are an entrepreneur. There is no set guideline, you know, for how to do X, Y, and Z. And it's something that we essentially have to create. So I think for someone who for the longest time liked that structure, um, the most challenging is to not have any and to actually have to be open to the twists and turns that come with operating one's own business. Um, and again, it requires, um, it's not for the faint heart, <laughs> that's for sure, um, but a lot of growth that comes with that. So that's probably the most challenging for someone like me who 
um, loves to have a process in place. I can understand that. So, um, as far as being an entrepreneur, uh, as far as your family, your friends, how has that your circle been impacted by your decision to become one? Has it been negatively affected, positively affected? How has how has that changed? I mean, are you still like are you cool with people now, or did they like perceive you differently once you became an entrepreneur? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so, when in becoming an entrepreneur, um, relationships are also tested. Um, or rather, you really learn um, who in your circle understands those decisions and, and who doesn't. And so for me, it's been such a great experience embarking on this path because I was able to connect with like-minded individuals that in times past, I would never have crossed paths with them. Um, and so in starting out as an entrepreneur and really putting myself out there in ways that are uncomfortable sometimes because we are the face of our company um, and, you know, being in new spaces, meeting new people, it's been so rewarding because I've met other women, other individuals who really are supportive um, and we don't know where those people are until we start putting that out there. So I would say definitely um, the circle of individuals that I turn to for advice, for support, um, mm -hmm. those that are my cheerleaders have, are probably people that I have met more recently um, because this experience has opened me up to um, meeting them in different spaces. Um, there are some that you realize you don't have as much in common with. And so there's an eerie shift in the people around us, right? Um, people who may not understand our dreams, they mean well, but they don't know how to support us because they themselves are not entrepreneurs. So they don't really right. understand what that entails. And so it, it's it's been a huge shift around me. And it's something that goes under the radar. You don't realize it until you kind of look back and reflect and there are all these new people in your life um, that you didn't know were there that you really resonate with ideas. And um, those that maybe, you know, you just kind of become so busy in your world that you go off in different paths. I understand that. Definitely. So what do you know now at this particular point in your journey that you wish you had to know when you first started, when you made that leap? when I made that leap. I think, and, and I might've even commented um, on, on one of your posts, but I think for me, I thought this was going to be a business journey, a professional journey. Um, one that would be more lucrative in terms of promoting myself and my skills in terms of making a certain dollar amount. Um, because oftentimes that is the goal. We think the goal is the number of zeros at the end of, you know, um, our sales at the end of the year. And I think for me, what I did not know was it was the personal growth that would be the most revealing um, mm -hmm. during this time. Um, like I said, just really being pushed in ways that I didn't know I, I could be pushed and really growing from those experiences. So the focus has almost shifted because now it's more about service um, mm -hmm. It's more about connecting with individuals uh, in a way that serves them 
It also helps me fulfill my passion to do what I do. And then knowing and kind of having faith in the process that, you know, the financial success and the other things will follow suit so long as the core principles of your business are in place. Awesome. Awesome. So what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you as an entrepreneur? How did you, <laughs> what did you learn from it? And how did you bounce back from the situation? The worst thing. Well, knock on wood, <laughs> it, it hasn't been, um, you know, as as challenging as, as I thought it might be in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the hardest thing for me early on was really not identifying mm-hmm. the core needs of my clients. Mm, that's good. Because oftentimes <clears throat> we come up with a product, we come up with a service and we're so excited We think it's the best thing. It makes total sense to us. And we go ahead and start promoting. And then we don't understand why it falls flat. Right. Why we're not getting the response we think it should be getting and that we think it deserves. And so taking the time to go back and really look at all the feedback I was getting from clients early on, where maybe it was an okay experience, but we weren't really hitting the mark. Mm -hmm. and understanding why that wasn't happening. Right. And so it wasn't until I put myself in their shoes and started identifying, okay, it's not really just the clothes. It's not having a cool closet to walk into, but it's the confidence that comes with being able to step into a room that's a board meeting or, or, you know, I'm pitching an idea as a, a female entrepreneur to someone and being confident in the way I'm dressed so that it also affects my interactions and the way I communicate. And so what were those desires of those clients and what were they looking for? And I was able to delve deeper. So I think that was probably a a challenge. It Mm -hmm. was difficult at first because we're so stuck in our heads. Yes. Yeah. We think we know, we understand, Mm -hmm. we get it. We have this great service and everyone should just line up. Um, But when that doesn't (laughs) happen, (laughs) we definitely, you know, it caused me to reflect and really reach out to individuals and have tough conversations to learn. And I think that was the best thing I could have done um, was put my ego aside and then really listen. Right. Awesome. That's good. So what's been the best thing so far? Any like features from clients or anything like that that's happened to you so far? Absolutely. Um, You know, for me being a woman of color, I come from an Asian American Muslim background. Um, You know, years and years and experiences of being dismissed, of being you know, not really given the credit where it was due um, and being very frustrated by it, right? And so to be able to have individuals and different publications, different organizations, currently I'm a board member at Fashion Group International's DC chapter um, and having my work promoted in that way um, has been, you know, the best thing. So yeah, and um, really taking control of that narrative uh, and dictating what it is on my terms versus feeding into a larger narrative um, that is painted for women of color that, um, you know, we really, or I personally um, seek to change. I love that. Mm -hmm. So what's 
I, I know you probably have like millions of stories, especially being in the fashion industry. What's yes. one crazy story that you have with a client or maybe somebody else that you experienced being an entrepreneur? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, we, we, um, we want the tea now. We want the tea. Come on. <laughs> so I, I really feel... Um, when it comes to clients, now I have to say knock on one has really good clients, so not going to knock on them, but definitely there are, you know, barriers that we as women have that we're not willing to let go of when it comes to mm -hmm. changing the way we dress. So when women hire me, you know, the idea is that they want to change. Right. Um, but more often than not, I realize do they want to change? <laughs> it's hard. It's a mind trip because for so long we view ourselves one way. Um, and for someone to come along and say, try something new, it's almost like we're taken aback, right? right? So if we're used to dressing a certain way and we know it's not serving us, we know it's not working with us. I know this one woman told me one time, she said, oh, like, I don't care what people think and I'm good and you know, you, I don't need your help, or you just want me to buy fancy, expensive things, <laughs> you know, and wait a all minute, of wait that. Wait a minute, Tawana told you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's breaking down those barriers. There's a lot mm -hmm. of work that goes into the process before I'm even able to get to the part where we're shopping or going through the closet and evaluating that wardrobe. And that's what I do with my process, right? We dig deep, kind of figure out what those goals are, wardrobe evaluation, shopping, and then we get those looks together um, with ongoing support for both social and professional occasions. But it's there, you know, we, we fight it at first, we right. fight that change. And so that's, um, you know, some of the stories that I have, and I have women coming from all backgrounds. And I think what people don't realize is that, you know, some of them, they're victims of domestic abuse. They've been heavily bullied for years. They, mm -hmm. um, you know, professionally have been overlooked, um, mm -hmm. especially, you know, women, um, you know, teaching a woman who has had a double mastectomy how to dress for a body she doesn't recognize anymore. Right, right. Or, you know, individuals that are dealing with um, body dysmorphia and certain mm -hmm. disorders that they are, uh, you know, they've been dealing with for some time. And so I, I think it's what's surprising is, you know, we start off and fashion is so fun and it's colorful and it's exciting. Um, but we also need to recognize and honor the experiences that these women have had um, and work with them on that. And so they're able to dress in a way that's authentically representing who they are in that moment now. Right. Um, yeah. I definitely can um, relate to that. Um, I haven't mentioned it on a podcast, but I'm actually scheduled to have the weight loss surgery. And so that's going to be a change to yeah. dress that new body because come this time next year, I'll be... <laughs> the size you know so that's going to be a transition to figure out how to authentically still be myself but in that new body and dress that new body so I definitely can relate to that absolutely so, transition is the yes, key word transition so what motivates you on a day-to-day -day basis what motivates you to continue in your journey 
Yeah, I see the difference the work that I do makes. And so I was working with a young professional, very unsure of herself here on Capitol Hill, um, not really engaging individuals when she was presenting. Um, you know, when we lack power in our speech, it comes across and, and people do not value the work that we do. And so when working with her for just a few weeks, she came back to me to report the updates. And she said, what I realized is that I deserve a seat at this table. Mm -hmm. And when she said those words, and I know walking into the experience, it's not how she felt at all. Right. But to know that within a few short weeks, that is how she felt, despite being the youngest in the group um, where she was working and all of that, that was the big motivator for me. I mean, I went on social media and I was just like <laughs> beside myself that she felt this way. And so when I get feedback like that and I see how something as small as the way we dress or seemingly small can impact, you know, an individual in such a huge way, that is the motivation for sure. And in fact, I, um, you know, oftentimes I work with a professional organizer because our services are complimentary. And um, we ended up actually creating a step-by-step -step course, um, guiding individuals through this process of identifying their personal style, getting their wardrobe up to speed, um, you know, getting rid of the shopping frenzy and, and the sweat, <laughs> you know, and we're right. you know, not sure what to buy, where to go, nothing fits right. And so we went ahead and did that. Um, and so the feedback from that as well is what keeps me going, because now I'm able to reach a larger audience to do exactly what it is that I love to do. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So we, we briefly mentioned motivation, but like what what type of music gets you motivated, gets you in the mood, gets you going on a oh, day? <laughs> What's in your playlist? <laughs> you guys are going to date me now. <laughs> okay, so th this is going back a little bit. Uh -oh, but on gonna... those days when, when I'm really like, I'm ready, I'm pumped, nobody's going to keep me down. I got to put on my Jay-Z playlist. Um, wow. got the why, you, why, are you, why are you trying to make it sound like no, you, no 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 but it's like the jay-z lincoln park mix like you guys oh, know what i'm talking about right yeah okay, okay right okay. like yeah. i got 99 problems but you're not one of them you know i don't know what i can say on this podcast <laughs> i like that okay I don't know what's allowed here, but uh, uh. everything, <laughs> everything, go ahead, everything go and anything. <laughs> you want to drop a bar? Go ahead. <laughs> but um, and, and I love that because even they themselves are people that I look up to. You know, they've accomplished so much in their life, and I always tell people like you got to find the right people to look up to um, in your entrepreneurial journey. And, um, you know, really kind of learn from their experiences as well. And so, yeah, that, that's definitely on my playlist. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. We love throwing people curveballs, so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I handled it well. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Now, speaking of um, success and motivation, what to you makes an entrepreneur successful? And at this point in time, do you consider yourself successful? Wow, that's a hard question. Um, what makes an entrepreneur successful? 
what makes an entrepreneur successful is letting go of the idea of perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes an entrepreneur successful is being able to pivot, to reimagine, to grow, um, and to not be stuck in our heads. Because it is that indecisiveness, that doubting ourselves, it's the imposter syndrome. It is the voices in our head that sometimes are not even from the people around us, but are Mm -hmm. coming from within. Um, That can be a challenge. And so that is what makes an entrepreneur successful is to continue plowing forward regardless of the challenges that are coming because they know how to constantly grow and move their business in a way that's current. Um, Do I identify myself as being successful? The reason why I think that was a hard question for me is because in times past, no matter what I did, I always felt like I wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it yet. Right. And I felt that way because I wasn't celebrating the small steps. Yes. And it's so integral in business that we as entrepreneurs celebrate every success. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a monetary success sometimes. Um It can be other types of, you know, wins that we have throughout the week, throughout the months, throughout the years that end up accumulating to a larger success. And so I think now at this point in the journey, I can say that I would consider myself successful, not because I'm comparing myself to other entrepreneurs, but because when I look back at my, you know, 20, 25 year old self, and if I presented myself to her today, I know I would be proud of myself. I would be like, wow, I'm doing that. (laughs) I have my own business. And, um, you know, I I went through so much to get to this point. So I would say the fact that I've stayed the course, I follow through with my passion, and then I continue to serve women in a way that helps them is a success. And so, you know, that's my long answer. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great. I just posted that this morning about being great. I said, um, for my affirmation, I said, I'm already great. You know, everybody, instead of trying to strive greatness, believe that you already are, you're just striving for even higher level of greatness. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you are already where you need to be in this moment. Right. And it's just a matter of it getting better from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, I mean, you, you briefly touched on it, but let's get more specific, like personally, how do you deal with self, you know, self-doubt and imposter syndrome? How do you deal with it personally? Yeah, yeah. So there are two questions that I ask myself every morning uh, when I wake up. The first question is, if I were to die tomorrow, would I be happy with myself and what I'm doing right now? You know, am I serving my purpose? Am I doing the best that I can do? If I only have a short time left, is this how I want to spend it? And then the second question I ask myself is if God grants me a long life and I'm here for another 40, 50 years, is this something that I could be happy and satisfied with and proud of doing for Mm -hmm. another four to five decades? And so when I put things in perspective like that for myself, 
the self-doubt also goes away because if I only have 24 hours, I don't care what my neighbor thinks. I don't care what that girl in the sixth grade said to me. I don't care, you know, about the haters. And sometimes they come disguised (laughs) with a smile and with the best of intentions. But if I know, hey, I only have a short time left, do I have time for those people, for those doubts, for that imposter syndrome? The answer is no, I don't. Um, and so reframing things is, is a tactic that I use to keep me in check in on the path that I want to be on. Um, because ultimately, the way I see it is at the end of the day, if all fail, like what is the worst thing that could possibly, possibly happen, right? Nobody wants to work with me. Everybody hates me. Like, I don't know what's the worst thing that could happen. But despite all that, I still get to come home. Um, I'm blessed. I'm I'm healthy. I have people that support me and love me around me. And the reality is, is no one could ever be that bad, right? Because we all are working hard. And so we can't even get to that point. But if all else fails, I still have my health. I still have supportive people around me. And that's the biggest wealth we can have. And there's always a chance to start over. You know, I use the word linear previously because that's how as a young person I thought life had to go you go to college then you get a job Mm -hmm. then you get married then you have a kid then you know this is the progression of things and nothing happened in that order for me (laughs) and so um it and it would hurt me and it would cause me a lot of stress but I realized that in going in this kind of roundabout way to get to where I am now I actually gained a lot of experiences along the way that I'm able to apply to my current business and my entrepreneurial path, which actually helps me set me apart from some of my colleagues and counterparts who maybe haven't had those experiences. So yeah, that's kind of how I keep myself in check. I keep the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome out of the way. I mean, I work with so many amazing women. These are successful women. They're executives, they're traveling, they're presenting, they're doing so much. And I hear the the self-doubt that they express mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and I'm shocked. So I'm like, you know, you are beautiful. You are smart. You are successful in all that people would consider to be successful. Um, and so it reminds me how tough we are on ourselves mm-hmm. and we need to give ourselves some grace. I love that. I love that. So Batul, let us know, what are you planning for in the future? What do you see for yourself in the future? Any goals that you're working towards right now? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in my current business venture, like I said, I provide personal styling services for women in person in this DMV area um, and then virtually uh, to women across the country. And so for me, because I see how important this piece is, this executive presence, um, it's important to me to get that word out as much as I can. And so in addition to, you know, the one-on-one services that I offer, like I had mentioned, um, develop this uh, digital course, you have arrived. It's what it's called. And to really be able to get that information out to as many people as possible so they can also benefit Um, from the opportunities that are presented when we do enhance our image. Uh, Not so much to impress others, but really Mm -hmm. to set the tone for our interactions with others so that they understand the standard at which we are operating. 
So that is definitely a goal of mine. Um, definitely more travel. I had the opportunity to attend Paris Fashion Week uh, last fall. Amazing experience just to see the emerging and the um, established designers and their collections and being able to bring that, you know, those trends and that insight back here to the States to my clients is such an amazing experience. So definitely being able to travel more, um, to gain more perspective on the different manners of cultural dress as well uh, for individuals that are traveling excessively uh, for different reasons and need to understand the appropriate attire based on where they're traveling um, is definitely um, on the list for me and um, continuing to grow in that way. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. I love that. love that. So this has been a phenomenal and rewarding experience, but we have to know what's one final piece of advice that you would give a new entrepreneur? Hmm, that's a good one. A new entrepreneur. Well, I touched upon this. But I would say, leave perfection at the door. Mm -hmm. um, overthinking and perfecting leads to inaction. And so you're mm -hmm. going to end up in the same place. You're not going to move forward. You know, imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. Right. Um, that is something that was told to me. And I think it really resonated and helped me get through those periods where I was stuck in my head. And so for a new entrepreneur, just keep moving forward, keep acting. 99% of the time, no one will no notice if it's not perfect. <laughs> and you'll always have the opportunity to revise and expand and grow. And so um, don't stop yourself before you even gotten started. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. So let our listeners know how that they can catch up with you if they want to hire you for services. How can they find you on social media? Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram at BHS uh, Image Consulting. Um, same on Facebook. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, again, the same business name. Um, my website is www.bhsimageconsulting.com. You can set up a discovery call with me. It's free. Um, and I'm always happy to chat and see how we can set you up for style success. Um, follow me on Instagram. You can always send me a DM. I'm always happy to connect with everyone. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. And we'll include the links as well in the episode description. Well, it's Perfect. been a pleasure and thank you so much for letting us know about your journey and how you help women um, with their image and everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Um, I really appreciate it. It was a fun time with you guys. Are you an entrepreneur or a small business owner? Or is your target audience entrepreneurs or business owners? Then we definitely have a spot for you. Become an advertiser or an actual guest on our podcast. We are stepping forward and we'd love to have you a part of our team. Send an email to info at entrepreneurshiphappens.com and we'll get right back to you and get you all scheduled and on our list. See you then. Thank you for listening to our show today. If there was any part that you liked, please feel free to drop us a voice message. Next week, we'll be talking to Remy Meiji, an entrepreneur that created a fashion empire 
based on the principles of sustainability and comfort. Also, please do not forget to like, subscribe, and share on all of our social media platforms. Until next time, peace. In today's economy, many are sitting with heavy questions about their careers, finances, and work-life balance. Maybe you're wondering if working two jobs is worth your valuable time and energy, or how to be more available to yourself and your family, or if now is the right time to make that career transition, career advancement, or jump into entrepreneurship. Hi, my name is Tara Hayslip. I'm the CEO of Grounded Energy 111, international best-selling author and spiritual career mentor. I help entrepreneur women and corporate career women create soul-aligned careers around their lifestyles. If you are or have been feeling like you want to do more with your career by making that change, advancement, or start your own business, I invite you to my free monthly workshop, the Be A Boss Workshop, where you'll meet other women going through similar career transitions and experience an interactive group coaching workshop. For more information, follow me on Instagram at grounded underscore energy 111. Join the grounded community through my link tree and my Instagram bio. Check things out on my website at www.groundedenergy111.com or email me at tara at groundedenergy111.com. And I look forward to connecting with you soon.